Welcome, Valley boys and girls. Heck, welcome, fellas, to the 100th episode of the Suns Jam Session podcast on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network. Matthew, we made it. 100 episodes, my man. And we're yes. both wearing the same yeah. hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. It does celebrate we both bought each other this hat. That's what we yes. did. We we're like, we got to celebrate in a fun way, in a good fashion sense kind of way. And this is what we did. And we look good. We yeah, should have a vote to see who looks better, huh? I'm telling you, the, the Valley merch looks fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you're wearing the Valley hat. I'm wearing the Valley hat. I got the Devin Booker Valley jersey up behind me. Uh, so right. for those of you who are watching along on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, you can see this. If you're listening on the podcast, on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, just imagine it, okay? It looks fan-fucking-tastic, okay? Yeah. This Valley merch looks amazing. Uh, 100 episodes, man. I didn't 100. think we'd make it. No, I know. I I just want to thank everybody, all the jamsters out there, all all the funds we had from from them, all the money they gave us to actually promote this, and uh, they've been giving me money. I don't know why, but anyway, got a dime. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I'm just kidding, but dude, it's been great. I can't believe it's it's been a hundred episodes. It's crazy. I feel like it hasn't been a year, right? Not even. Yeah, not on Brightside. I mean, we, we joined Brightside. Side, I want to say in February of yeah. 2020. So yeah, but, but that's episodes, that's yeah. how much we crank out. Even during a pandemic, we've been cranking yeah. out episodes. And, and I, I got to say, I was thinking about it, and we really missed our chance on episode number 99 because Jay Crowder, who's going to be the yes. first son in history to wear number 99, is actually going to be who we're talking about today on episode <sighs> 100. I'm like, damn it, I could have switched we messed it up. I'm sorry. We got to restart sorry, the whole thing. Restart the count. All right. <laughs> it's uh, Brian McKnight back at one. Fuck. Yep. <laughs> but uh, that's what we're going to be doing on this show is we're actually going to bring on uh, Brian De- or Brandon DePerno. He's joined the podcast the podcast before. He is a senior writer at Hot Hot Hoops, which is the SB Nation Miami Heat um, uh, website. And he's just going to give yeah. us some insight to Jay Crowder. I know he didn't spend too long uh, in Miami following the trade that he had with the Grizzlies, but... Brandon had an opportunity to see him march his team all the way to the NBA Finals. So much akin to how we had a couple people on prior to talk about new additions to the Phoenix Suns. Brandon's going to be joining us as, uh, a little bit later. And we're also going to have a special guest to talk about the Suns' schedule as we go into a deep dive of everything that is that Phoenix Suns schedule. So plenty of special guests. Yeah, I'm not telling anybody guests? yet. Right. I've told, I'll tell you no what, it's not as cool as this, as the solar panel. Okay. Shams isn't going to, or Shams, sorry. Shams, yeah. Shams isn't going to show up and talk te- for te- for us for 10 minutes about the Suns <laughs> schedule. So we're not that cool, but we're going to bring in somebody who's never been on the show before. There's your hint. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk about the Suns schedule. So quick shout out to all the fellas, Raymond Gonzalez Hello. in the chat. Uh, Iverson vlogs. Oh, you got the Valley Jersey right up there. Looking fantastic. Uh, we got blaze Megatron new Valley stuff is fire. We know this is beautiful. Vincent Stefanelli. What up fellas? Uh, uh, buddy boy, 94, 100 episodes already. I mean, these are all, these are people who join us every one of these live podcasts. So we truly, truly appreciate you coming and hanging out with us. Uh, it ain't a podcast unless we pop a beer, right, Matthew? What you open, got a beer? Huh? What, 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 what are you popping? Where's Banquet, man? Ah, uh, yeah. Course Light, how lame I? 100 episodes. Yeah, course you're light. fine. Yeah, you're chilling yeah. out a little bit, dude. You're not taking it too heavy. So well, it's fine. Gonna pop this open. Pop that open. And because it's 100 episodes. What? 100 episodes. I got a little surprise, a little confetti. Let's see how this thing works. Woo! All right, you ready? Let's this- celebrate. Let's do this. Ready? Oh my God, I'm doing it wrong, probably. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> oh, 
100 episodes on the Suns Jam Session podcast. And we're going to spend the front end of this with somebody who made it all the way to the NBA Finals, joining us from Hot Hot Hoops. Welcome, Brandon DePerno. It's good to have you back on the show, man. How you doing? Hey, guys. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, pleasure to be back. Uh, the production value has increased exponentially since <laughs> I was last year, so yeah. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Yeah, the confetti really cost me a dollar, so it goes, it goes towards our funds. It's fine. Well, we, we appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I, I guess I just got to ask, how was it making uh, the NBA Finals? Congratulations. You know, last time we talked to you is when the Suns were playing the Heat in the bubble, and we wanted to kind of learn about the team a little bit, and you gave us a lot of great insight. Congratulations on making it to the Finals, man. Thanks, man. It was incredibly fun to cover. Um, honestly, you know, uh, obviously in pandemic times, uh, it was just a great way to spend uh, the majority of the time not doing much. And, uh, you know, the heat getting there was uh, just an incredible journey. Uh, I don't think many, like, you know, as diehard of a heat fan as I am, I don't think I expected it. And then they just kept winning. And it was spectacular to see. It was really fun to ride the wave, uh, the vice wave, if you will. And yeah. uh <laughs> And, um, you know, um, there's some great stuff in there. Uh, a lot of talent came together. Great performances from so many uh, people on the team. Some um, untimely injuries near the end of it. Uh, but Heat still came in and gave a good fight. Uh, so I have nothing to complain about. It was a spectacular watch. And, uh, you know, what leads us here today is I'm really going to miss Jay Crowder. But I'm happy to see him go to a team like the Suns, who I actually enjoy watching. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, what was really the key to the Miami success, though, you think, uh, getting to the finals? Well, you know, it's like uh, I feel like they'll take away my heat writing credentials if I don't put it all in the culture because that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the Heat were conditioned to be a team that thrived in the bubble. It's like this is the type of team that they are, um, you know, where a lot of teams kind of faltered. Uh, there was a lot of restrictions. You know, they couldn't kind of get moving, I guess, or do the things that they, uh, you know, probably to de-stress and that kind of thing. The heat kind of came together like almost like a military unit and uh, they just loved it. Like everything in there. I mean, Jimmy created a coffee. Uh, he created a cafe. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, they just seem, they just seem to thrive in the element. And then, I mean, from a basketball playing perspective, people stepped up where they needed to. I mean, we'll talk about Jay Crowder a lot, but his defense was incredible. And for those first like three rounds, his shooting was lights out. And then obviously you have Jimmy Butler putting on Michael Jordan-esque performances in the NBA finals. You have Goran Dragic playing like he was, I don't know, 26, you know, yeah. he was probably yeah. the best player. And then you have Tyler Hero stepping up as a rookie on the biggest stage, you know, a lot of the, a lot of, uh, you know, what, I guess it was probably expected from a Miami fan, but a lot of people were seeing for the first time, like, what this Heat team was built on. And, you know, um, I'm not going to forget about Bam Adebayo, who was just of course crazy. Yeah. He was incredible, almost uh, up until the finals where we could tell he was playing quite hurt. Yeah. Well, and I know that as Suns fans, anybody who goes up against the Lakers automatically is somebody we root for. But given kind of uh, the conversations we had during the bubble and getting to know the team a little bit better. And of course, Goran, you know, I know a lot of Suns fans had an affinity for the Heat. And again, congratulations on uh, on your run there. Hopefully we end up playing you guys in the finals this year. Uh, culture is a word that cool. I obviously I'd love to hear because that's something that the Suns are really trying to do is is bend that culture and change that narrative. And I think that Jay Crowder potentially could be part of that. Now, I know you didn't spend much time having him on your team because he was acquired via trade on uh, February 6th from the Grizzlies. But what were your initial thoughts when he joined your squad? I always liked Jay Crowder. Um, you know, I, I, was a little bit, I was a little bit concerned because um, 
I thought I, I thought it was a sneaky trade. I thought it was a sneaky trade to get Andre Iguodala, but to sneak in Jay Crowder at the same time. He just felt mm-hmm. like a guy who would fit the Heat culture. He had a um, he played with Jimmy Butler in college. It felt like he was just gonna kind of squeeze in there. What I didn't expect from Jay Crowder was him to shoot forty five percent from three point line to end the season. Yeah, incredible. It was like for you know, it was, it just seemed like every time Jay Crowder took to the court, he wouldn't miss. And for a while, that just seemed to be the case, like uh, all, all the way till probably the end of the Eastern Conference Finals, I'd say. Well, like Suns so, fans here, I can say like 99% of us, especially on Twitter, we were super excited to have Jay Crowder um, right from the get-go. As soon as he was signed, everyone was super, super excited. What was the reaction? I know um, he wasn't there long. We were just talking about but What was the reaction when he joined your squad, though? Were, were you guys excited to have the addition of Jay Crowder? I think most people were. I think most people questioned Andre Iguodala over, over Jay. Uh, Jay just seemed to like he was just going to lock right in and uh you know yeah. contribute right away and you know that being said he did you know the heat were facing a lot of injuries when he got to the team and uh he went to work right away even if it was just a handful of games before uh we went into lockdown and then before the bubble started god it's just it's crazy to think how much of an impact he had on your team as you guys went to you know the nba finals it sounds like you're gonna miss him right i'm still a little bit salty guys i'm not gonna lie yeah <laughs> <laughs> i really i really i really like jay he became one of my favorite players um, you know, uh, from that heat team. Uh, I mean, like if you go back and watch, uh, just the bubble journey, his defense was astounding. Like the defense he played on Giannis, um, in the East semis was just so good. He didn't back down once. Like you're getting a guy that brings a hundred percent energy all of the time, you know, and he's a good mm-hmm. mentor to the young guys. Um, and I mean, he's not very old. He's like, what, 30 and a half years old, according to cleaning the glass. So, you know, they put the little, uh, yeah. they put the little point five, which is fantastic. Um, but you know, it's, he's still young. He's going to contribute. He's going to have big games. And, you know, Jay had a pretty weird stretch of time where he just wasn't in the right place, like if, in terms of teams. And I think you could see that like, by the way he played, um, I think when he's happy and he's locked in, you get performances like how he played for Miami. And I mean, he turned down what a big offer from Dallas to come to yeah. Phoenix because he believes in what you guys are doing. I mean, I think that says everything it needs to. Yeah, you. No, go ahead. Well, go I was ahead. just gonna say, why do you think he didn't resign with the Heat? Um, we couldn't offer him long-term flexibility, right? I think he wanted a long-term deal. I think if the Heat were able to give him a three-year, then he probably would have resigned with us. But you know, Miami's going all in on in 2021. You know, even with the Bam extension, they'll figure out a way. Andy Ellisberg plays uh, the best cap gymnastics I've ever seen in my life. You know, we acquired Jimmy Butler with no cap space. Yeah. So, so for the Heat to actually have some money, I, I believe that's it. I mean, everybody else got two-year deals, right? Goron got a two-year deal. Myers got a two-year deal. Like, they're figuring it out. Um, and that's the only reason why I didn't think he came back. Because um, I mean, there was that rumor that stretched at the beginning uh, – sorry, at the beginning of the offseason – where um, it was like uh, just rumored that Jay wanted a, lo- a long-term deal. And I knew if that was the case that we would probably be losing him, but I still held out hope for like a hot sec. Yeah. I, I mean, it sounds like you're going to miss him though. I mean, like what, what are you going to miss most about him? I mean, we probably pretty much covered all of it, but um, since you're a little salty that he's here now in Phoenix, I mean, what are you going to miss most about him coming here? It's, I'm going to miss his tenacity, man. Um, yeah. Jay Crowder didn't back down from anybody. You know, it was like it was like having a sort of young Udonis Haslam on the court, right. even with Udonis screaming from the bench. You know, who, yeah. uh, who could shoot the three? He came in like Jay delivered at times where we absolutely needed him to deliver. 
Like there's uh, stretches in that Celtic series where Jay is just not shooting well. And then all of a sudden he hits two key threes when we need it the most. Or, you know, there's times uh, in the Buck series where Jay just uh, stepped up and bodied Giannis, you know, he just came out there, delivered everything he needed to do. And yeah, I'm really going to miss that. Obviously uh, we still have some defense and getting Avery Bradley and Mo Harkless, right. Two, mm-hmm. you know, two very good defenders in their own right. But yeah, man, there's something with Jay and the way he meshed with, uh, with Jimmy. It was just like, it was just straight up anger is the best way I could put it. It was like a bottled anger that only came out during the games. I'm going to miss that. And uh, you guys are lucky to have it. I think he'll be a very good addition to your team. This is nice because, you know, you're uh, the third person we've talked to because obviously we got CP3. Uh, we brought in Etwan Moore and and now Jay Crowder. Like everyone we talked to, all these new players who are joining the, the, the Sun Squad are players who like, there's nothing but positive things being said about it. It's not like we're getting a Morris yeah. twin or somebody or somebody who's like <laughs> left sour or salty from their organization. So obviously that's exciting for us. When you, did you figure that he wasn't going to come back with the heat? And if so, did you have any destinations that you, you know, were thinking that he would, you know, end up, do you think he would was going to end up in Phoenix? Um, I didn't know where he was going to end up. Like I pretty much held hope uh, that he was coming back to Miami until I got the Woj notification on my phone. So <sighs> I was just, I was just hoping it would be Miami. I didn't, I didn't think he would necessarily go to Phoenix. Uh, but then again, uh, I didn't know what Phoenix was doing until they grabbed the CP3. So yeah, totally yeah, made yeah. sense after that. I think it's a really great fit, to be honest with you. Yeah, we think so too. And I like it how he is tough. And there's a lot of fake tough players out there. And I think we've gotten a lot of real tough guys, especially Jay Crowder. Um, but besides that, do you is there like a story or something from him being with the Miami Heat that you might want to tell us? Like something that you heard or something funny? Like it can be anything, really. Oh, guys, I wish. I just I feel like he wasn't with us long <laughs> yeah. enough. That, that I, and I through a pandemic it. too. Yeah, that's I true. Know. Um, <laughs> the best Are, thing that I could say. Uh, <laughs> the best thing I could say was like probably the funniest thing. Where it's like I think I I'm pretty sure it was Jay Crowder. And if I'm not, feel free to grill me. Um, but I think it was like on his Instagram, like not long after the finals, he like, you know, Jay Crowder writes in all caps. You guys should know that. Yeah. Um, good to know. Good to know. I think you put it up on Instagram. And he's like, I'm still having nightmares from like the finals loss, you know? And it's like, that kind of speaks to the passionate player that Jay Crowder is in the short time that I got to see him on my team. You know, it's very, yeah. it's very rare, you know, as a Canadian, it's very rare outside hockey to see the number 99 obviously Wayne Gretzky, you know? So it's like, it's cool. It was really cool to see someone wearing 99 yeah. like, on a basketball court. Um, yeah. You know, that, it, it looks good really on a Jersey, cool. right? I know. I was really considering buying a Jay Crowder <laughs> Jersey guy. <laughs> <laughs> what are, what are your thoughts on the vice city jerseys this year? Is that what they're calling the vice jerseys again? Like you have that uh, kind of versa. fade vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it, that's what it so is. So, what are your year. thoughts on these things this year? As because last year, I mean, those are probably some of the hottest jerseys, literally ever in the NBA or maybe pro sports period. I love what Miami did last year, so yeah. it's hard to follow that up. How do you think they did? This, so this is this is the finale. These will be the last Vice jerseys that they put out. They'll probably, I think, you know, if they they should probably follow that retro era thing and go back to the Floridians maybe next year mm-hmm. that they rocked okay. during the LeBron era and during the Shaq and Wade era too. Um, I digress. I think they're really cool. Um, Phoenix will probably be ha- or Phoenix fans will be happy to know that I have a Goran Dragic jersey on order. It just won't ship till June. <laughs> June, <laughs> very good. But it's a little sad. I got mine yeah. like two days later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
Poor Brandon. He's like, yep, June, buddy. Sucks, dude. I, he got paid too. Like, I actually, I was very excited. He got paid. He got some uh, big money in the. He earned it definitely. Um, in the bubble. Yeah, but we we've, we've been talking a lot of positive stuff. Uh, like John said, the players that we've added, it's all been nothing but positives. Is there anything that you want to let us know? Maybe a weakness Jay Crowder has that we can look yeah. out for? Maybe. Yeah, but you're gonna hate it when I tell you. Um, Before we need to, we need to know. That's why you're here, Brandon. We need to know what to expect. Jay, despite you know the fact that he can go on long stretches where he shoots 45 percent from the three point line, can go on really long stretches where he does not, and they will bug you because because Jay's a Jay, like a, Jay as a shooter is the type of shooter that I would love, uh, which is he never stops shooting. You know, like he'll he'll shoot through a slump, which is great because it'll lead to streaks where he just doesn't miss. But when he does miss, it gets frustrating, most likely because you get used to him making all the shots. Yeah, that's uh, Bill Simmons used to talk about that with the Celtics. He used to just chuck them up and keep shooting the threes, and he would miss a lot of go on the streaks, like you said. So, yeah, that makes sense for you to say that. Yeah, I'm yeah. okay with that, though. You know, I'd rather yeah, have a guy too. who's confident enough to keep shooting versus a guy who becomes tentative. I mean, this, this might, you might not know much about the Suns history when it comes to this, Brandon, but, uh, a guy who was always like that was uh, God, a Dragon Bender. When he first came into the league, he would shoot confidently. And then I felt like he got overcoached, was told, hey, you're seven feet. You need to get to the lane. And he lost his shooting touch. And then he could never you know, make a three again. And yeah. I'd rather have a guy who's shooting all day. So it's, it's duly noted. Expect some slumps from Jay Crowder. You heard it right here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. Yeah, I can tell you right now, he shot 46% from three when he joined the Heat over that 20-game stretch, uh, which was in the 100th percentile, according to Cleaning the Glass. And he shot 34% from three over the course of the playoffs, um, which uh, which only kind of tapered off towards the end, because otherwise at the beginning, he was, he was fantastic. All right, last question before we let you get out of here. Should we expect to see the Heat in the finals again this year? Why not, guys? Stranger things yes. have happened. Let's, let's run it back. Let's do this. Why not, yeah, they're a team we actually can root for, too. I, we love that team. We love what they got going on over there. So I hope to see them back. And maybe the Suns yeah. in the heat. Who knows? And then we'll have a pod yeah. every night after the games. It'll just be a really hot, hot podcast, guys. <laughs> there, yeah, exactly. there, there, there you go. go. Well, Start Brandon, we appreciate yeah. you hanging out with us. Uh, can you tell people where they can f- both follow you and your work? Sure. You guys can follow me at Brandon DiPerno, uh or Brandon underscore DiPerno on Twitter. And you can read me over at Hot Hot Hoops, and you could read the rest of our staff for putting out great stuff. And you know, as the season comes to the season gets closer, guys, we're almost there. Yeah, we'll be putting out uh, more uh, good stuff too. Fantastic. Well, thank you again, Brandon. We appreciate it. Uh, have a, try try to go to bed now, okay? It's like three in the morning wherever you're at. <laughs> it's ten eighteen p.m., guys. I got okay. <laughs> well, we appreciate you, brother. Thank yeah. you for coming on. Thank you very much. Cheers, hey, Take this care. is great. Thank you again. Of course. Always good having Brandon on, man. You know, know, the heat, it's like uh, between like them and the Nets. Those are two teams that I thoroughly enjoy. So uh, great to hear those positive words about Jay Crowder, right? I mean, I think that after his interview with Burns and Gambo, a lot of us Suns fans were sold on him. He was saying the right things. And of course, they're always going to say the right things, but I feel like I believe him. And it's now, a different tone, right? It's just a different tone the way he would say it. We hear a lot of BS, but there's just a different tone going on with these guys. Yeah, championship that's a, champions. Oh, that's what Javon Carter was saying today, yep. man, was championship. Well, I mean, the only way you're going to get to a championship is if you go through the schedule, and that's what we're going to do is we're going to do a schedule deep dive for the Suns, and we're going to bring in a special guest. Okay, All let's right. see. If you're, if, you're in the ch- if you're in the chat, go ahead and guess who it's going to be. I'm going to bring up some 
uh, conversation pieces. I want to give a shout out to everybody who's watching along live with us. We appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe if you're watching on YouTube and hit the bell because we will be going live a lot, especially once the season starts. Um, let's just see a couple things here. Uh, uh, Nathaniel Darius, defense is key. You know, that's one of the, the pluses of having Jay Crowder is we're going to have yeah. more of that uh, that defense. Uh, Iverson Vlogs, June. Yeah, he was telling us before he came on the pod that it was going to be June. It's like, oh my gosh, man, to get that jersey. Suns are so much that squared crazy? away. That sucks. That's, that's so nice. might be traded by them, but I would still have it's a, still a good jersey to have, even when he's off the team. But man, that is. Whew. And then Miss Angelina is joining us. Yup. Welcome aboard, everybody. Yep. So here Basically. we go. I'm going to bring in Megan. Oh, here we go. The special guest is Megan Fox yes. in the bathtub. Hey, you know what? It's a close second. It's Espo. <laughs> I, I apologize. I apologize to Iso Quant in the chat. I think that's how you pronounce it. Who guessed Woj? Uh, no. it is uh, not we're gonna Woj. We're, we're gonna get an Espo bomb here. No, no, you're not. I got I got nothing to break for you on a on a Sunday night. I, I just uh, yeah. I just put up with bath time with my child. That's the most oh, breaking man. news I have for you. So. Oh jeez, how long oh, does man. that last? How long does uh, this best last? Lo- Longer than the Cardinals playoff chances. Oh, good Lord. So. That game today, just it just makes me sour. <laughs> Are you guys Cardinals fans? I didn't. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the yeah. way, I, if I had gotten the memo, I would have gone and picked up my Valley hat and even worn it tonight. <laughs> I did not get the memo. Oh, yeah. I mean, we uh, Matthew went down to like Just Sports and got it the day of. And then yeah, I, I got my stuff in the mail like the next day. This is... So the guy who was on before you was talking about how he ordered one of the new vice versa jerseys, one of the new heat jerseys. He's not going to get it till June. It's like, jeez, damn, yeah, that sucks. I, he looked, he looked like Zoran Dragic. You think he'd have, he the, uh, you think he'd have the inner, uh, in, inside track to getting one of those jerseys sooner? <laughs> yeah, and it was a, dra- a Dragic jersey is what he got too. <laughs> I, I would have bought the Valley hat if it wasn't snapback. I'm not a snapback. Oh, you know, like, I, I actually switched over. I used to like not like them, but now the last couple of years, I love the snapback. I've, so I've got weird hair. It sticks oh, out okay. back if yeah, I wear like, that back. My head's like it's like right in the middle between two snaps. So either it's too tight or too loose, but I don't know. This I is what the it. people tuned in to hear. Yeah. How, how, how we wear our hats. Cause I, I'm with, yeah. I'm with you, Espo. I my favorite hat is the uh the 3930s. It's the fitted hats. The I don't like the 5950s, they're too boxy, but this thing just looked too nice. I had to get one. I'm hoping they release it. New era releases it in a 3930 because yeah. those are the best hat. The flexi fit hats. Those are I, the best. I in my love opinion. those too. By the way, I think the way you have the jersey in your background is the only way I could get away with owning one of these because I look like <laughs> I look like weird sausage in a in a jersey. I'm not a a, a real good look in a jersey. But this is not what the people are here for. It's no. me, me breaking down the valley gear and how it looks on me. So. Hey, we well, I'm, I, I I will say I did try it on once I got it and I instantly hung it up. That's to say that's how I look at <laughs> no, it. I was like, hey, that is how mine looks would be better well. up there. <laughs> he's actually he's married to my sister, but I get more selfies than she does of him. And he sent me one <laughs> of him in the jersey. He looked great, man. It wasn't yeah. too tight. I, yeah, I don't want to know who you guys are sending selfies to. I, mean, <laughs> okay. I know it. I know it's a nighttime show. I'm used to doing a morning show. Yes. I, well, I was I about to say to yesterday morning you had the nice collared shirt on. You had Shams on, and like, you know, yeah. we, we get Sunday night espo. Totally different. Yeah. This is what it looks like when you go through a whole weekend with a four year old. That's uh, <laughs> it. Shifts into this. I slowly morph into uh, homeless uh, college kid. Yeah. Is yeah. What, it, uh, what it morphs into. So you know. 
Well, I we, saw the beanie as well. Yes, I yeah. saw the beanie. I uh, I will not be rocking that either. I can't wear a beanie <laughs> unless I go to Flagstaff. But anyways, anyways. All right, this is a good one from uh from Blaze. You we got to give you you know the ahoy hoy and your who's your hadadi. These are all the famous Espo isms. Yes. You uh, the, have Espo isms. That's cool. Uh, yes, I was the person behind the who's your hadadi uh, hashtag. I apologize. I, oh, I no. apologize. Quality. <laughs> well, we appreciate. Uh, uh, See, we didn't have him on before the show, or we would have gotten this all out of the way. Sorry, listeners. Sorry, viewers. Um, but we really appreciate you, man, coming on the show. This is our 100th episode, the first time you've been on it. Uh, you've been a big inspiration. You've always been there to kind of help me when I have questions about things. So truly appreciate that and uh, you coming on the show, man. Was I not on early, early in this run? I feel like I was on no. once. Oh, no? we had, we, we we did had like one. one. We did yeah, a group we, where it was like okay. 30 fans okay. and us. Yeah, and then there's well, people that joined. Well, then it's far too late. I mean, I, I, I apologize that it wasn't, wasn't Fine. sooner. I love what you guys are doing. And, uh, uh, the more, the merrier when it comes to son's podcast, because we need one for every win we've had in the last five years, which I think we need like three more son's podcasts. And yes. And we'll be there. <laughs> well, we're going to be talking about uh, the son's schedule and just trying to take a deep dive into it because the first 37 games were released, of the 72 game season. And I'm going to pull it up here real quick and let our viewers take a look at it. But, you know, some of the highlights to start, there's eight back to backs. So there's 37 games in 69 days. So get ready for a lot of Suns content, everybody. I mean, I don't know how many uh, podcasts that you guys are going to be doing post game at the solar panel with Fox sports. I know that Matthew and I are going to be doing a bunch as well, probably leading into your show. Um, a lot of back to backs guys. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, is it? It's eight of them, correct for this uh, for this year in the yes. first half. Which you know, I was reading a stat that across the league last year there was about fourteen percent of the games were in a back to back situation. In the first half of the season that they've released so far, nineteen percent of the games are back to backs already. So we we've seen a huge jump for teams, not just the Suns, but across the board. And that's a byproduct of having to truncate this entire schedule, which, uh, you know, it's it, 72 games uh, starting in late December causes this, you know, the, the fact that the Olympics are kind of that, that mile marker that they had to hit, everything had to be wrapped up by then. We knew we were going to see the return of more back-to-back -back games, more three in four nights uh, and those situations. And it's it's going to be interesting to see how teams play this and how they're going to strategically rest guys or not. There's a lot of factors that go into what we're seeing in the schedule now. Well, I, I think was it six of them are back to backs. I think the first one is Sacramento, so they're but they're in the same spot. And I think four of them are like at home, mm -hmm. back to back. So they're not really traveling. I know last year I think the eight back to backs they had six of them they were traveling, so they kind of cut that down, which is good. Well, besides that, I thought we would see um, more back-to-backs, but just like against the same team over and over again. Like I thought it would go Kings, Kings versus Kings, and then uh, the Pelicans and Pelicans like back-to-back -back like that. I didn't know it would be this spread out, honestly. I was surprised to see that. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting that they're doing these the the, the back-to-backs in same cities and uh, and working that in. You see the Kings, Denver. Uh, there's a couple others later in that schedule where they they go back to back in the same cities. I kind of like that uh, for for a lot of reasons. I, I think it may cut down on on load management because when you're in the same city and in most cases it's two games and three nights. With that, without the travel. 
the recovery isn't as, as difficult on these guys. So maybe, maybe we'll see less games where Chris Paul has to rest on the tail end of a back-to-back because they're not traveling in that day in between. It's really uh, more of the way that obviously they handle the playoffs and playoff series where, yeah, you may play two games in three nights, but you're in the same city. Uh, I hope that's a positive for this and, and, a reason we may see those remain because if you can stop a lot of those load management games where people aren't getting to see these stars, I think the league's going to be very interested in that. Yeah. I think it's going to be really kind of shocking how to see or, or to see how this translates going on into future years. Cause I think there's a lot of positives that are going to be kind of experimented this season mm-hmm. and the series that you guys are both talking about. I mean, there's, Three series. The first one is our second, third game at the Kings on back-to-back nights. Uh, and then we have at home Denver the 22nd, 23rd of January. Then we have Dallas the 30th and the 1st of uh, January 30th and February 1st. And it, the one challenge I really think it's going to bring up, and it's going to be really interesting to see how the NBA reacts to this, is if guys are injured or guys are sick. Because let's say the Suns are going up against the Lakers. And they've got you know a back to back against the Lakers, and LeBron's hurt, or uh, Anthony Davis has COVID. You know it's going to be a disadvantage for that team if it happens. So it's going to be interesting to see how COVID plus injuries and load management all kind of come together and really give us a good understanding of who these teams are. Yeah, yeah. I'll go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say Monty actually spoke about they're saying just keeping healthy and. To, you can really have an upper, an upper hand, really, if like a team like you were talking about, they do get sick. As long as we stay safe and as long as we don't get COVID or else even like any injuries as well, like that's actually an upper hand on a team. So that was one of the things I think they asked Monty, like, what what are you focused on going to training camp? That was the one thing. And, it, and if we have the depth, we have that. So that's perfect. But besides that, I think just keeping healthy and playing those games, and especially like against the Clippers and against the Lakers, those are teams that are, that are actually going to rest, I feel like, throughout the season. So once you're playing those games, you have the upper hand that way too as well. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, staying in these cities in back-to-backs also makes it easier to try to create a, a mini-bubble, if you will, rather than in and out of cities and, and traveling uh, in those situations. But it's going to be a challenge for every team and it's going to be the teams that are extremely disciplined, uh, extremely locked in to what they're trying to accomplish from a basketball standpoint. It's going to be the teams that have guys that, that look at these rules and go, well, I can bend this. I can go, I can go out here or I can try to do this and I'll be all right because you know, a lot of people uh, think that, but it's going to take, it's going to take immense focus because the bubble was easy. They basically said, you guys are, are in a safety zone. Unless one of these guys did something really dumb, uh, they, the league mitigated their, their chances of missing major time because of COVID in particular. Now it's going to be on themselves and the team staffs. And, and you're totally right. It's going to be those teams that are able to keep it at a minimum and games missed due to COVID at a minimum – they're going to have an upper hand this year. Well, gosh, if only the Suns had a member of their team who was like in the Players Association and kind of responsible for holding people accountable. Like, this is going to be tough. I think, though, depth is everything. Uh, you look at the way that James Jones has built out this roster, and there's depth all around the place, you know, from injuries and COVID. If we can, 
if something were to happen and COVID's obviously the big one, you know, that's the big X factor because that, you know, due to contact tracing that could wipe out, you know, your entire front line or your entire backcourt. You know, it's, it's one of those yeah. challenges we face. I work in hospitality and we talk about all the time. Like you have to stay six feet apart from each other for more than 15 minutes a day while working because I could lose my entire market staff or my entire pool staff. If everyone's like huddled together. So, and you saw it happen to the Denver Broncos and their whole quarterback, uh, quarterbacking room the other day. So I think that the depth that they built is really going to be unbelievably huge this year. And you you look at that, that's where the foundation of this team is really flipped year over year. When, when you're looking at Etwan Moore versus like Elia Kobo, when you're looking, you know, we don't know technically what uh, Jalen Smith is, but if you're looking at Jalen Smith versus Frank Kaminsky, like you got to feel better about that depth. I wonder the point guard position though. I don't know how I feel about that depth. Because if you do, I, I mean, we know Chris Paul has a lot of miles on those tires. We all know that. We all realize that. So if you have to strategically rest him or, you know, God forbid an injury happens where he misses any significant time there, do we really believe, you know, Javon Carter, campaign, Langston Galloway, is that deep enough there uh, with obviously Booker playing some point yeah. to carry you. And I don't know that the answer there is confidently. Yes. I feel better about it than going in with Elliot Kobo and John uh, and Javon Carter, but I'm not sure that that's an, a huge upgrade with as much as you're up against this year. That's what I was going to wonder. I was wondering about Javon Carter. If the next step for him, I don't know if he'll ever be a starting point guard, but just to play more minutes in the starting role kind of, do you think that's something that he can take over? Because I feel like when I was watching him in uh, the media, the the interview, he was actually, he seemed so calm and relaxed and so confident. I was like, this guy kind of seems like maybe he would want to be a starting point guard, or I might be wrong, but maybe that next step for him is to like take over more of the minutes. I don't know. I think I think this will be whoever has the hot hand is going to be okay. the guy that that plays if if there are minutes to be had starting wise. Uh, campaign obviously is a favorite of of Monty's. Uh, we saw that in the bubble. Langston Galloway can can handle it as well as we all know Booker can. I, I think Javon Carter slots as that that really annoying guy as your backup guard, the, yeah. the guy that's going to get under team skin that may play minutes in the fourth because you, you want to lock down somebody or if, if Chris Paul's in foul trouble and you need that heady defensive guy out there, he'll, he'll play and, and he's going to gain a lot from playing against Chris Paul in practice at day in day, day out on that end. I just, I don't know that he's the guy you want running your offense in a starting role constantly. I love his tenacity. Uh, I love what he's able to do in those kind of situations, but I still need to see a lot more before I I feel comfortable handle, handing him the keys of a team that actually has uh, you know top half of the West aspirations. Yeah, it's just having the ability to have a playmaker other than book if if CP3's out and that's you know that's kind of been the number one thing that everybody points to when they that first gut reaction when the CP3 rumor started what's like well hold on he's old and he's injury prone. So why do we need that unless we're going to shore up that point guard depth and to your point we really didn't shore up that point guard depth. We had a guys who we know could score Mm-hmm. But playmaking is going to be unbelievably valuable because you're going to have all these assets around on the team that have the ability to score, but 
that you got to give them. I mean, we've seen that with the Suns. We've seen what it's like to have, you know, Isaiah Kanan run the offense and he just, you can't get the ball. He passes to guys when they're open. He doesn't pass them open. That's why having Ricky Rubio as a part of the team last year was so valuable and having, you know, Chris Paul now here is going to be so valuable. So that will be the number one challenge I feel with the Suns because you look at our wing depth, it's good. You look at our, our backup two depth, you know, with uh, Etwan Moore, uh, with, even Carter can play a little bit of the backup too, like you said, to wear down the opponent's, you know, primary score potentially in the fourth quarter. And then our frontline depth with Sarich and uh, Jalen Smith and now Damian Jones. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of useful bodies on that end, but it's going to be that playmaking. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they navigate the schedule, knowing that there's going to be eight back-to-backs, three different series, trying to deal with COVID, trying to deal with, you know, kind of just – uh, fatigue. So you also take a look at the schedule and there are 22 games versus the West 15 versus the East in the first half. So that means the second half of the schedule will have 20 versus the West and 15 versus the East. Uh, not much disparity there, but there is, do you think that there's any type of advantage knowing that you have to play the West less in the second half? Uh, yes. And no, I think there's a, an advantage because in, past years and and we'll see how it plays out this year but the east tends to be the weaker conference so mm-hmm. that that's encouraging there but it also means this team's going to have to gel fast because if you look at that uh I, I believe it's you know you've got three games against the Mavericks three against uh, the Nuggets two against the Pelicans mm-hmm. uh, if I'm correct so you're talking the front half of the schedule is going to determine if you're a top four four or five team in the west because those are the teams that are going to be going, you know, and you've got Portland in there for one as well. Those are the teams you're going to be fighting against to, for positioning, and you're going to have to take care of business early. And with a truncated schedule where these guys didn't get a play together in an offseason and in any kind of pickup situation, training camp's going to be rushed as is preseason. They're going to have to click early because those games are going to mean a lot in the standings uh, as, as the season goes on, because it's very, it's very heavy with those teams that you think are going to be, be in that four to eight race, which is, which is where you think you're going to be. And you, and you think you'd be at the top half of that. You're going to have to win early. Yeah. I was thinking uh, once Javon Carter said champions, his expectations, I'm like, okay, this is when, uh, we have that bullseye on our back now, and a lot of teams are going to come out and probably just you know play tougher than in the past against us. And that's something this team is not used to. I know it's different pieces, but still, they got to get used to that too. So they might even come out slower. The thing with the East, though, is eight teams, they didn't go to the bubble. So a lot of them are like well-rested. So they're like going to come out, and they're going to be ready to go. I know we don't have a whole lot of the East teams at first, but those teams are going to be well-rested. And then you're going to have the West teams, like I said before, resting their players so it's it's going to be really up in the air usually i don't care about schedules i do not care like especially in the nba but well, now I'm sorry we had a whole podcast we, dedicated I to know. it shit <laughs> <laughs> but this is a podcast i don't care about yeah. john next year we're not doing this just to let you okay know. okay good to know good to know Wait. But next year it'll come out in August and we won't, we will have no clue. Like that, that's the weird thing about this year. The schedule means something because it starts in two weeks. Like, yeah. like oh, <laughs> exactly. oh, wow. Okay. Now we know that they're playing games and they're, we're only a few weeks away from them. Like, that's why it feels like it has some, uh, some gravitas to it, to it this <laughs> year is because we understand, oh, this is right around the corner. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
Sorry, Matthew, I completely cut you off on your point and you probably <laughs> forgot it by now, huh? No, that was it. I actually, that's how oh, I ended it. Yeah, I hate a- schedules. Okay, well, that's good. Um, well, so to talk a little bit more about the schedule, um, awkward. Uh, of the 22 games versus the West, only six are against the Pacific Division teams in the first half. We have two against the Kings, two against the Warriors, one both against the Lakers and the Clippers, which means the second half of the season, we're going to see the Kings once, the Warriors once, and the LA teams twice each. Thoughts? Matthew, you 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 can start. I I am uh, sure? I'm hogging all the time. You're our guest. Yes, you can start. Sure, you're fine. I always let the guests go first. <laughs> and Matthew I, doesn't like schedules. Exactly. <laughs> so I just wanted to say, like, so they're playing the Clippers twice. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, one against. I'm sorry, I, re- I read that wrong. But uh, okay, so if you're playing these teams, like I was saying, I was going to rest earlier. Like the Clippers, I feel like these teams are going to actually probably want to play and not rest as much towards the end of the season. So that could hurt the Suns. Um, like the Clippers themselves, like the way they went about it last year, the way they lost when they're up three to one, I feel like they're going to have to like not allow these players to rest as much and have like that that hold over the coach and the organization. Like I need these days off because maybe they need more of the, those games to get things going into the playoffs. So you, you would have to look out for that in the second half. I actually like the fact that that a majority of the games versus the Clippers and the Lakers come in the second half because if the first half of the season goes the way everybody hopes and this team's sitting at a three or four seed, when they go into those Clippers and Lakers games, they're going to get playoff mentality. Yes. Because it's going to mean something to the Clippers. Yeah. It's going to mean something to the Lakers. And it could mean a chance at, at a, a one or two seed for the Suns if they're within striking distance. So that that's a lot more interesting to me than playing them early on in the season because it's going to really be the test of this team and where they are. If, if that first half of the schedule plays out and, and they're sitting pretty, you're going to learn if they're a real contender or a bit of a pretender when it comes to those games. And that's what I want. I want meaningful basketball in that second half of a schedule. I want to feel something we haven't felt in Phoenix in a very long time, which is interest late in a season. I, that The feeling that you had in that 8-0 bubble run, how exciting that was! What that meant—that's what I want in you know in April and May this year because obviously that'll be the playoff run, the beginning of the end of the season, the beginning of the playoff run. That's what I want. I want to feel that, and that's what those Lakers Clippers games should be. Where in the past that would just be playing out the schedule and trying to get a better draft pick. This year it should be: Can we get to the top of the West? Can you reach that the peak of the mountain if you're the Suns? And, and I like that. I like that that's going to be the second half of the schedule. No, I'm with you 100%. And that's the way I was kind of looking at this was we're going to have the easier teams early on. So this is the opportunity to go through these easier teams, you know, air quotes, and build the confidence, learn about the team, have the ability to make those mistakes. You know, if you're coming about and you're coming out and playing the Lakers two or three times in your first half of the schedule – you could potentially drop those games that will be man. Those are going to be meaningful at the back end of the season. You know, every win is meaningful. Look at it. Look at the Suns last year. If they had won one more game, they're in the playoff. They win two or three more games. You know, they have that home field, the home court advantage. If you will in that playoff, you win five more games last season. You're not even in the play in that play in game. So, I mean, that's how important every game is. So why not start against, you know, we have got our, our we play the Mavericks, which I'm hoping we win. No Kristaps Porzingis, and we own them to begin with. And then you go Kings, Kings. We could we could be three and zero right off the bat. That's what you want. You want to play those teams early, knowing to Espo's point that those are going to be games at the back end of the season. If you're already slotted and and 
seeded for the playoffs that could allow you to gain ground and move up seeds in in the playoffs. So I'm I'm really looking forward to kind of that second half of the season. As you as you look at uh, the schedule again, I'll pull it up for the thirteenth time now. Um, <laughs> lo- longest road trip is three games. We do that three times, and our longest home stand, and this is going to be the fun one, is February fifth to February sixteenth. We have seven games all against the East, and that is going to be valuable for the Suns. Okay, so let me find yeah. February here. So you go Pistons, Celtics, Cavs, Bucks, Sixers, Mavs, Nets, all in a row, all at home. That is going to be a very exciting time for Phoenix Suns fans because they really, I feel, are going to have the ability to pull a lot of those off and get some W's right in a row there. Don't you guys think? Well, you better hope. I yeah, mean, yeah, that's, man. <laughs> that's, that's not exactly the... The meteor schedule, obviously, uh, the Bucks, the 76ers, those will be tough. Everybody yes. assumes Brooklyn will be tough, but you know, you should be able to run some off. Yeah. Yeah. In, try to go six stretch. and five and two, you know, three and four, or four and three. Those are those are the stretches that you have to get through. Yeah. yeah and look, okay. uh, look, the the home court advantage this year is being able to have some semblance of a normal life. Yep. And during that stretch, son, the sons are going to get to stay at their own house, not have to worry about the travel restrictions, the pain uh, in the backside, all that's going to be, uh, they're going to be able to go about their business. And that's why you hope that they should have an advantage to, to run through some of those Eastern conference teams, because there's a lot of travel involved for, for that group as they come in here and the Suns will be enjoying a, a little home cooking. So even without the fans, you're going to have a bit of an advantage in that home stretch. And I just want to add to that. They, they have to just take one game at a time. Thanks. <laughs> like when you look at the East, I mean, this, this does, this looks like a tough part of the schedule, but Suns in the past, they would go through these supposedly easy, easy schedule. And I, I think, they just they would lose themselves. They would go on these skids, and they could never get out of them. I think we talk about this on the podcast all the time. Yeah. But I feel like this year it's just different. I mean, this East schedule right here with the even the the Celtics on there, like this is this is when the Suns need to hone up and need to get through this. I feel like just in the past, man, it's it's tough for them to get through through these stretches. I just well, think this. Well, what was it last year? It was like the Pistons and the Warriors when they went, you know, and yeah, that was, that was the season right there. I mean, exactly. Yeah. The, the teams that they should beat, they couldn't beat, and this is where you hope the likes of Jay Crowder, the likes of Chris Paul, you know, that veteran leadership and that tenacity and that toughness comes through and says, no, we don't lose to these these guys. Okay, we don't take the nights off just because we're playing the worst team in the NBA. We're going to come out and we're going to whoop some ass. That's what you hope. Well, and they've got depth this year where if somebody in that starting lineup isn't up to snuff, there's guys that can come in and play. They will sit. Yep. Like if 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 a guy is trying to take a night off against uh, the lowly cellar dwellers of the NBA, there's another guy, uh, the Langston Galloways and Etwan Moores, those kind of guys that will come in and take minutes. Guys will sit. It's not a we have to play you because we don't have any other options this year. It's you will earn your minutes. And I think that's kind of the entire theme of this year. I said it on the solar panel on Saturday morning, but it's nothing given everything earned this year. Mm-hmm. And there's not going to be any uh, any ability to slack off. There's, there's guys that just won't allow it. And that's why I, I think that they have an advantage over some teams is they're not going to be allowed uh, based on their personnel and, and their coaches to take nights off at all. So you look at it, we have 13 games on big networks, nine nationally televised games. 
There's uh, there's your recognition for you, Suns fans. Okay, nine games nationally televised. You have five on ESPN. Mavs on opening night. You have the Rockets, Nugs, Pellies, and Bucks. You got four on NBA TV: the Jazz, Mavs, Celtics, and Sixers. And you got four on TNT: the Pellies, the Grizz, the Nat- the Nets, and the Lakers. Um, outside of Fox Sports Arizona, which sponsors the the solar panel, so kudos to them. Uh, which big network do you enjoy watching games on the most? ESPN or TNT? I don't watch them on any network other than Fox Sports. Wow. All right. Drinking the Kool-Aid. Actual (laughs) obligation, Matt. All right. uh, (laughs) Look, I I love the TNT crew. I mean, let's be honest. There's nobody better in the business to talk basketball. uh, And you love to have your game on. And at halftime, you get those guys reacting to what's going on post-game. You get it. And, of course, when you've got Chuck, there's always – Sun's hot takes, whatever, whatever that may be, whether it's the nacho cheese is cold yeah. or pickles on the nachos, whatever, whatever we're going through, whatever the whatever yeah. the case may be, uh, it's it's TNT. And hopefully this year it means Chuck's proudly saying my sons rather than yes. trying to hide under the desk yes. anytime they remind <laughs> him he plays and lives in Phoenix. So. Yeah, you can't beat TNT, honestly. Um, ESPN, they try. I just, I never got, they did most of the bubble stuff that I watched, but I just, the TNT crew, all of them, even at halftime, that's that's the best thing to watch, seriously. Um, but it was hard back in the day when the Suns were actually in the playoffs and you would have the games on ESPN or else uh, TNT, but then also on Fox Sports, because I love listening to Dan Marley too at the time too and EJ. So it was hard to like choose which one, but I always went the, with the Homer. It was always Fox Sports Arizona. <laughs> Oh, yeah, somebody's trying to get his own contract. I see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we smart. love Fox Sports Arizona. They're yeah. great. We I love, love them very what much. Channel are they on? Channel eight six on Directv. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, as you look at the first half schedule in its entirety, what games are you looking forward to the most, and why? For me, it's opening night. Yeah, I, buddy. Look, we we all want to see what this looks like. We all have a certain feeling about he who shall not be named and and everything about Dallas. And and let's be honest, the Mavericks are going to be a team right there with the Suns. And you have to take care of business. You can make a statement on opening night on national television. That is going to be important. If you want respect, you have to earn it and you have to do it by winning national TV games uh, and winning them in, in a convincing fashion in most places and in most cases. And that's why I think opening night is is very, very exciting to me. And one that I think could, and I know they've won them in the past on opening night and and fallen flat on their face. But -hmm. I think this year it could, could set the tone for a lot of what's to come. Yeah. Matthew, what do you think? Yeah. Of course the Mavericks, that's going to be fun. I just, I want to, I can't wait to, to see them play the Mavericks and like um, the Pelicans teams that we were kind of with last season that we had to try to get over the hump with. But now it's like everyone's projecting the Suns fourth or fifth seed, even sometimes a second seed or champions as Javon Carter puts it. But I just, it'd be nice for them to roll through these teams a little bit more with ease. Cause it'll show like, you know, we are taking the next step. We are better than these teams. Plus like the first game, the Suns should win. Doncic usually comes in super fat and out of shape. And then he gets his stuff going kind of like Jokic. So that's I are the Suns like undefeated against the Mavericks? I did we lose I, I one think we've lost one. one. Yeah, lost one. Okay, since but we lost the, but DeAndre Ayton's undefeated. It was when DeAndre Ayton was out with yes. the suspension last year okay. is when we lost to him. So I'm with you guys. I mean, yeah. beating the Mavericks is or playing the Mavericks to beat them is is absolutely fun. Uh, 
I really am going to look forward to that Nets game just because I want to see what Steve Nash is doing. I'm just so excited for basketball. Like yeah. when I go through and I, and I look at this whole schedule, I'm just like, ooh, oh, I, I want to see what they did. I want to see what moves they made. Who's on the team now? You know, but I think a lot of those national games, they did a good job of giving us a good mix of of who we're playing against. And it's going to be nice to see that national recognition happen because those are a lot of the games. Like the Pistons, I'm not looking forward to the Pistons game, but I can't wait to watch it because it should be a game where we just like, you, you can enjoy it. Uh, I was talking to a guest yesterday at work and they're Ohio State fans. And they were talking about whoever Ohio State played yesterday. And the, the thing about Ohio State football, and this is, I swear I have a point here. The thing about Ohio State football, is there a team that comes out and scores 28 points in the first quarter? I'm like, it must be so nice to be an Ohio State fan because by the fourth quarter, you're out front like raking your yard because you know you can. Whereas like, I'm a Notre Dame fan. And like every game you have to go through then. And I'm a Cardinals, a cardiac Cardinals fan. So it's like, it always goes down to like the last two minutes of the game. And it's like, I like those kind of games on the schedule for the Suns because it's a game where you get to just truly enjoy it and relax and watch. And I'm hoping that the Suns get to do that this year. That's what made the seven yeah. seconds or less era so much fun is because during the regular season, the Suns used to just come out and whoop ass. And it was always the challenge of only uh, of the playoffs and trying to find that balance of our bench. And, you know, Mike D'Antoni only running seven guys out there and running Steve Nash into the ground that killed us in the playoffs. But during the regular season, man, they were fun to watch. And I'm hoping as we go through the schedule that that's going to be the same. Yeah, this, they were the Ohio State of the NBA. They were. They won in the regular season and got trounced uh, <laughs> at some point in crushing fashion in the postseason. So the, the Ohio State thing, it tracks pretty well there. So You know what's easy is if, if you're a Cowboys fan like me, you can actually just forget about the season after week two and just not oh. even worry about the games. That's what I do. Well, saves you a lot of that because there's a lot of broken ankles over there, and we don't want that for our Phoenix Suns, Matthew. So don't you wish that on me, Ricky Bobby? Right. What uh, what stretches of this schedule scare you? Are there any little, little micro stretch stretches where you're like, uh oh, that could be tough? Yeah, the first 37 of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm right, like a true Suns fan. Yeah, I am a Suns fan, and there is a there's nothing when you look at that that you go, I feel good about this. You just look at it and you go, I hope it goes the way I'm I'm thinking it will but i it'll it'll be it'll be nail biters the the entire way for me and i think the back-to-back -back against the nuggets is one that i look at and think that that could be a mile marker for this team you could look at that and, and look back and go that's where where we started to really get a feel for mm -hmm. what this team is who they are because that's let's be frank that's that's a big team that you're going to be fighting for oh, yeah. uh, positioning with. That's that's just the reality of it. And Aiton is going to have to play well against Jokic in that situation. Booker against Murray. There's there's just there's a lot that you're going to have to prove there. And so that sticks out to me in particular is the three games against uh, against the Nuggets and the 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 two that are back to back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too as well. I think when I look at the schedule, I'm like, I don't really care. But honestly, I do. But <laughs> no, just, I think I, we established that pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> just like exit me out from this thing. But um, I just it's it's funny when you're a Suns fan, you're like, all right, I'm so nervous before each game. And you're like, let's just get through this game, and the next game will be easy. And then the next game comes, you're like, oh my god, like let's get through this game, and the next game will be easy. That's the way it always is for me. So it's like, just take one game at a time. I can't tell the guys that enough, you know, just go out there and give it their best shot. So, all right, oh. dad. But I think you, you guys are both right. To be a Suns fan is to be pessimistic. I mean, yeah. that's what history has taught us. And uh, somebody who's an optimistic Suns fan, like, I love you. I applaud you. I don't know how you operate because 
it's too hard. Every, I can tell you 20 reasons why we could lose every game, and I'm still pleasantly surprised when they do win. So I, I'm going to agree with that. Well, the first 37 are terrifying to me. Uh, we'll see where we're at there after that and you know at the all-star break and hopefully from there we can put on cruise control but we'll we'll see how it goes guys let's see what's our next segment the negatives with all the positive i'm just reading stuff. sorry this is high production value here oh, we actually doing this one okay yeah i just yeah. want to do this real quick uh with all the positive interviews we've had about the player editions and media turning out you know there's a whole lot of positive energy uh do you have any negative thoughts in the back of your head or should we just ignore Matthew and continue to feed off this great season? I think this is a perfect where, you know, we're talking about being pessimistic and, and all these great things that are going on with the Suns. Okay. CP3, Jay Crowder, Etwan Moore, uh, the culture's changing. Uh, we got new, you know, cool gear, all this stuff. What, what are we scared of guys? What's the negative out there? What's the realism out there? Break, break it down. It's again, everything, everything. You, know, you, you acquire Chris Paul and you're super excited. And then in the back of your head, you hear he's old. He could have a knee explode or ankles go away. You know, just he could just yeah. be out for long stretches of time. You go, you okay? The the other guys you added, that's nice, but they're they have they have their own flaws. Maybe they become bigger flaws when they get to Phoenix. Like it's yeah. just when you have I don't know, I've I've been a fan since I was nine years old, you know, 92, uh, you know, I, I watched before that, but that's when I really got entrenched in this. And if you've done that, of course you have this, this little voice in the back of your head going, what's going to go wrong. What's the thing this time. And you try to ignore it, but man, I, I just, there's so many things like I, does Deandre Ayton develop into the guy that many of us uh, hope and think he, think he has in the first two years. Does he take that big step? because of Chris Paul or does Chris Paul just turn him into a broken man because he's getting yelled at constantly <laughs> and he can't handle it. I, you know, there, that's the flip side of, uh, of that coin. I like to believe that, that Chris Paul's going to help him and teach him where to be and, and how to get those lobs and all that stuff. But you look at it and you go, yeah, could it blow up? Uh, does Chris Paul become the guy that, that people claim he was in Houston and to him and Devin Booker not get along. Like there's a million yeah. things that you can look at and try to go negative with, but I, as, and anybody that's listening to me knows that I, I can venture into that, that dark corner of, uh, we all can of, of son's fandom, but I don't, I don't feel like that's where this is going this year. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't. I don't either, but then also it's the reason I have stomach problems too. I might look okay from the outside, but it hurts really bad inside. Aww. It does all the time, but the first thing we got to focus on is just actually watching them play their first game. Like just see how it goes from there. Cause I just don't know what they're going to look like on the court. So once we get kind of a grasp of that, then we can worry about the playoffs and stuff like that. And then just really worry about that. But right now I'm just, I'm really excited just to watch that first game and see what the hell this team looks like. Cause I don't really know. So you were nine in 92. So you're an 83 baby. I am. Okay. I'm an 82 baby. So Matthew. Oh, oh. Ma oh I got, I got to bring up a comment. There was someone on our last pod that asked if John was Espo. Did you see that comment? I did not. <laughs> yeah. I don't wear glasses. I know, but they just thought. <laughs> I'm not nearly as there. witty. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Okay. Look, there's two John. <laughs> I got to yeah. see it. Yeah, I can I, see. We it. should I, just I, switch I, spots sometime and I'll, show up on Saturday morning with a collared shirt on. Yeah. But it, yeah. I'm not as witty. All right, we got one last question. I saw this one in the chat, and I'm kind of. This is from Isoquan. It says, "Question for Espo. I understand you worked with the Suns at one point. What was your position within the organization, if you don't mind sharing?" 
I do mind sharing. I have a <laughs> uh, non-disclosure agreement with the club that I'm not allowed to talk about those days anymore. No, uh, <laughs> I was the senior digital manager, which meant I, I oversaw the content on the website or videographers uh, in that digital group. And then uh, I wrote, I did the social for the team. And then I was also the post-game radio show host. So a few that's, things I did. You know. That's awesome. And utterly I'm, embarrassed myself other times. So <laughs> that was the primary role I played with the team. So that's awesome. Well, we appreciate you being on the show, uh, Espo. It's it's been fun watching you guys every Saturday morning for quite some time. It's it's an honor to have you on the show. Um, do you play fantasy basketball? I do, but not very well. <laughs> okay, so we are doing one thing. We're doing the Suns Listener League. So I just want to throw out real quick four names of the people we drew earlier. Uh, Eugene Kogosh. Sorry, I got you. I butchered it, Eugene. I, I I gave up halfway through. We got Bob Christie, Nathan Darris, and Nicholas Tan. You have all been enjoyed to the Suns Listener League via ESPN. So check your emails. Uh, we got one more open spot, I suppose. So if you're interested, let us know. Sure. If you want to beat my brains in fantasy basketball, I'm, absolutely. I'm in for it. I'm absolutely. good for like the first three weeks, and yeah. then all of a sudden I forget there's games every night, and uh, yeah. that's kind of yeah. what happens. So are we, but I thought it would be fun, a, a good way to engage with the listeners. So uh, looking forward to playing with you guys. The draft is on, uh, what, the 20th or 21st? I don't know. It's eventually. We will draw the draft order this time next week right here on the show. Super exciting. Make sure you tune in for that, everybody. Look, I, I just want to say I'm so glad by episode 100 you settled in on a name. And you're, <laughs> yes. you're sticking with one, and I think it's working very well for you. What's great is I'm wearing my old Solar Report shirt. <laughs> yeah, we, we were going to file a, a copyright infringement because we felt like you were really just trying to, to get some listeners off us, you know, going with the solar angle. But I decided, look, I didn't need to be litigious. We felt the pressure. Nice. Well, I mean, after you realize that you only lost three listeners to us, you're probably like, yeah, they're probably not a threat. So, <laughs> No, I've always enjoyed you guys. You know that. Oh, thank we, you. Uh, uh, we've we've conversed numerous times uh, through DM and other places and uh, glad to be on the show. Happy to come back anytime and really enjoy what you guys are doing. So uh, tip the hat on on 100 and uh, just be happy that, it, you know, the next 100 don't have to be through some bad times. We're on 228 will be our next episode. And think about all the losses we saw in that time yeah, you're finally hitting good times <laughs> yes yes just a bit so no don't speak too soon yeah. potentially good times yes. <laughs> well uh we, again we appreciate you being on and i think this is about the end of the show folks so uh remember to follow the show on twitter at sun's jam if you're watching on youtube subscribe hit the bell so you know when we go live uh espo i'm sure everybody knows because if they're watching they can see it right next to you but can you tell everyone where to uh, follow you, both you and your work. Yes, this is sad, but uh, at Espo uh, <laughs> is there. Shameless plug. Yes, you can uh, you can join me there on Twitter for uh, inane ramblings and uh, bad pop culture references. And then uh, you can hear me on the Sun Solar Panel every Saturday morning. Uh, you can catch myself, Saul Bookman, and uh, Dave King, who I believe was a guest recently on the program as well. I don't know how you guys managed to deal with that. I, it's tough enough to to deal with it when you have to, but uh, <laughs> you guys invited it in. So. Did you guys find him? Because I know he he went out 
like a couple days ago and he's still just wandering about pilgrimage to joshua tree mm. i think or uh, or i think i said he was off to try to find jerital yes something. that's so correct one of the two things he's doing but i'm sure he'll be back by next saturday oh that's fantastic well again thank you espo for being on uh you guys can follow me at darth voida you can follow matthew i'm matthew lizzie all right that's all i got i gotta go get another beer thanks everyone for joining us yeah, thank you everybody go home and love your family amen 